Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 37 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I, uh, I'm kind of running on fumes. We're rolling into midterms week, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm really holding on to that. That is nice. I whenever you mention that you're like hitting midterms around this time of year, I get very confused because like the most recent school thing I've done was college, and so like oh no, like it's finals time. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we go by you know like we go by year long, right? Because you're a high school. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm actually pretty pretty comfortable right now. Because I am now finally recording from my new chair and desk setup. I, 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 this is just a quick update. I remember a few weeks ago I had talked about getting a new desk and then immediately realizing that the chair was too old. Yes. Uh, got a new chair. Very nice. Right, yeah. Sw- like if you give got him a swivel nice action. Desk, he's yeah. going to want a chair. If you give him a nice chair, he's going to want one of those like hard plastic things to put over the carpet. Dave, I was so close to buying one of those hard plastic things to put over the carpet. Dude, you should. They're great. There's a reason people have them. I know, I know. Um, I used to have one a couple of jobs ago in my at my desk. It was very nice. Kept the carpet very nice. But I, 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 the, the way my room is situated, I feel as though it would stick too much into my room. Like into uh. like my, oh, away from the desk zone and too close to the bed zone. If that makes any sense. Totally makes sense. You gotta have zones, Matt. We actually just reorganized our bedroom, and it's very nice. I'll show you when next time you come over. All right. good. So wait, how did you solve your mic problem? Now I'm just... Let's just do a little talk shop, Matt. How did you solve your mic problem? the, The mic problem, Dave, I have not solved. Just every week when we record this show, I drag my old desk back into my room, attach the microphone to that. And then when I'm done, I tear it all down again. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it makes it like an event, right? It, it's yeah. a special time. Actually, I uh, I recorded a, an episode of Spectre yesterday. And so I was like, well, I'm recording Super Sentai Brothers tomorrow. I'm just going to leave it up. So I've just had two desks in my room for the last day and a half. Matt, that's a... Maybe you're just a man that lives a two-desk lifestyle now. Well, you know, there was a moment that I thought like, oh... If I set these up next to each other, it's sort of like I have an L-shaped desk. Dude, I've had is, an L-shaped Dave, desk. It's, They're it's, great. The thing is that it's sort of like having an L-shaped desk. What it actually is, is... It's just having two tables. Right, it's just having a table <laughs> next to my desk, and now I can't open my closet door. And that's not a permanent solution. Anyway, today we're talking about episode 30... I, I Dave, for once, I can't think of a good transition from that to saying... Today we're watching episode 37 of Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Dreadful Universal Highway Project. Uh, but of course, before we get into that, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what the first star of the week is? Yeah, I very certainly would. Brief one today. Uh, Dave, I made a... I thought I was making a really clever uh, sort of plan today, and it backfired on me. 
We got an email early this morning at the office that said, hey, we are going to be doing our like once or twice a year fire drill uh, this afternoon. It will be at 2.30. So at 2.30, you know, you know just like... Just be prepared. Be prepared. It's going to happen. Uh, you know, like don't be in the middle of like a workout right, or something. Right, like don't do like, something crucial know. that you will then have to leave. Like don't be in the shower or whatever. Exactly. It's coming. So they, they give this to us, and then around like five twenty or two uh, twenty-five, I'm looking at the guy who sits next to me. I'm like, you know what? We know that this thing is about to go off. Every let's time this just, happens, let's just go now and stand by the door so that when we'll it goes off, yeah, like we won't have to stand in line to walk outside. Right, it won't. Your ears won't hurt because of the stupid. Right. I assume you have some sort of like horrifying audio. Like, oh sure, yeah. And so, we're like you know, we'll get away from our desk. We'll be ready to roll. Like, we won't just be like standing inside while this. Now, no, this blaring. is a, this is a very good plan, Matt. Well, Dave, here's here's the problem: is that we go stand by the door, and we're just standing around, and I'm looking at my watch, like it is about to be two thirty. Um, yeah, you're doing your own little like weird countdown. Yeah, and. The, then the alarm goes off because we did not like. It's, you know, it wasn't like super cold out today, but it's December in Cleveland. Yeah. So we weren't it's actually gonna go weirdly out. and unseasonably warm, but still true, true. But it was still like you know thirty-one or something. So I wasn't gonna like go outside early. I just wanted to be ready early. But what I had forgotten, Dave, is that the actual alarm that's in the room that I was standing in was right next to the door. Oh no! So like the alarm goes off. And I am standing, like, one foot away from it. And I just about jumped out of my shoes. It was... <laughs> and then, I you know, actually... we walked outside. And we did we did beat the rush. But, uh, boy, next time... I, I hope that next year I remember that I did this wrong. Dude, I actually keep a set of earplugs in my desk at work specifically for, well, fire alarms and pep rallies. Because we're required to go to the pep rallies and they're always miserable and incredibly loud. So I uh, I just keep them in my desk. I recommend you do the same. I do. I actually do have fire or uh, earplugs in my desk. Wise. Uh, from they they just had like baskets of them sitting around because they were doing uh some like office work like some like construction work on the office through a lot of last year. So they're just like, hey, uh, we know this is bad. Here's some earplugs if you need them. Uh, so I do have some. I should recall that. Anyway, Dave, what is our Second star of the week. So our second star of the week, Matt, is it won't, not yet, not quite, when you'll hear this episode, but we're getting into Christmas season, but what we are in, Matt, is the middle of package season, for Mm. me at least. That is 100% true. It is, I swear to you, I have not, not just like when I came home, I have not walked outside at any point, I don't think, in the last like four days, I want to say, it might be five where there has not been a package on my front door for me to pick up. It's it's madness. It's crazy. It's like I haven't even opened all the boxes cuz I haven't done my Christmas present wrapping yet. I'm just kind of assuming that everything is in there. I hope that I'm right. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like there's all of us. There's like the five of us who live here and then also mom and dad are coming to visit for Christmas and they're bringing grandma with them. So mom and dad like very wisely when they order stuff like for Christmas, they don't have it sent to their place and then drive it up to mine. They just have it sent to me. Right. And anybody who has, from our extended family, who has anything they're sending for mom or dad or grandma also just sends it to my house. 
So I'm getting, like, I'm getting all of my stuff. I'm getting like half of mom and dad's stuff. I'm getting grandma's stuff. And um, the thing is, it's not just that it's cluttering up the mail. It is also cluttering up my email. Like before we started recording today, I was flipping through our like email conversations for the last week or so to try to see if there was anything uh, fun that I wanted to remember to talk about. And I'm just having to scroll through pages of like, okay, your order has been <laughs> confirmed. Out. Your here's order the, is on the way. The yeah. Oh boy, your order is going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> today, today your order is going to be there. Hey, did you get your order? Hey, do you want to swing back around and review your order? It's like, no, no, I don't. I gave you the money and I want the thing. And that's the only interaction I want to have with you. Please give me some peace. Right. Well, this is the only downside of like, this is the inconvenience that you pay for ordering rather than just like going to a store and, and, and buying stuff. But I've found, you know, like you have to be very, I do, you probably don't have this problem. I have to be very careful when looking at packages to like who it's addressed to. Because of course, like Beth and I are ordering stuff for each other. Right, And mom sure. and dad are ordering stuff like for us. And you know what I mean? So you can't, you don't want to accidentally, so there's a lot of very light treading around these packages to make sure that, we're preserving Christmas surprises. I, I am very excited, though. I, I feel like the Christmas season has really snuck up on me this year more than other years. Uh, I think because, like, Thanksgiving was so late. And as you said, it's been sort of an unseasonably warm December. So I it kind of... I, I didn't have my decorations up for a long time. I didn't have a tree up until, like, Saturday. No kidding. That is late for you. You're normally an early tree guy. Now, I will tell you, listen, I'm excited about the presents we got you. I think we got you some cool stuff. I think you're going to dig it. However, after having I after we already bought your Christmas presents, I came across a present that is so, so annoyingly perfect. I think I'm actually <laughs> going to buy it and then just save it for your birthday or for Christmas again or something so that I don't forget. Uh... Oh, it's very exciting. It is. Or maybe I'll get this and I'll give you I don't know. But the point is, is that I I was like I was like I was like, oh man, these presents we got, Matt, this is super great. He's gonna love all this stuff. Like, this is very good. And then I saw this thing on the internet. I was just like crap. Crap. That's oh man. Man, that's actually better. This other thing is so so I think I'm just gonna get it and then you'll you'll get the the other thing at some point in the future. Okay. Well, now I feel bad. I think I, I got you terrible gifts this year. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a bummer. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, good. I hope no. I'm kidding. <laughs> Please let me be kidding. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week, Matt, is... Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago or something, I saw that Andrew Yang, presidential, presidential hopeful Andrew Yang, was si- he was signing people up and he said, listen, if you give me your email address, if you, if, like if you let me put you on my email list, I will enter you in a drawing for like a freedom dividend. Freedom dividend is what he is calling his universal basic income plan. And uh, I'm like, all right, Andrew Yang, you're a little bit crazy and you're never going to win the presidency. But like, I kind of like some of the things you have to say, like, go for it. You know, like, I'll, I'll get your emails and, uh, you know, maybe I'll win this thing or whatever. And so, so you've been dude, getting his email. So I have been getting, yeah, the Yang Gang does not slouch on their emails. But I did, I got the best email. Because, you know, there's all the ads are like, eat pizza with, with Mayor Pete. Which is like, 
all right, you're from like Illinois, so like wherever you're, you're from, South Bend, Indiana. So like, I don't care about your pizza. And then right. like, grab a beer or whatever you like with Elizabeth Warren. And I'm like, listen, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on Elizabeth Warren. She doesn't seem like the sort of person I want to grab a beer with, right? Right. Or whatever you want, Dave. It could be a coffee. It could be a tea. It could be a coffee. It could be a tea. I don't feel like I would want to have any of those things. And listen, I'm not digging on a little, you know, whatever. She just doesn't seem like the sort of person that I personally would be like, you know what, Liz? You know what, Liz? Let's sit down for a brew. Because you know why? Just you and me. Because she doesn't seem like she would be comfortable having a beer. Like, I would have a beer with President Obama. That dude seems... Like he did, you know, like he would sit down and have a beer and that would be fine. At what point did I would have a beer with you become any sort of, because this is something that people have said for a long time about a bunch of different candidates. Like, ah, well, I'd have a beer with him. Dude, there are people that I have beers with a lot. I don't want any of them to be president. Okay, now, Matt, listen, I hear, I think you were about to say, since when is I would have a beer with him, like, supposed to be a criteria from the president? And what I would suggest to you, Matt, is that it's 2019, so I'm just doing some real quick math. Uh, Closing in on 275 years is how long it has been the criteria for president. Well, okay, like, now do recall that originally they were talking about cider, not beer. So you got to move the timeline a little bit. Okay. <laughs> this is pre, pre-heavy pre German immigrant. I don't know. But the point is like... No, no, it, seriously. It was, uh, I think it was... No, no, no. I know it was a cider thing. But like, wasn't that... Wasn't there like a president who was like the the cider president? And it was just like, yeah, dude, like that dude just rolls out the barrels every time he rolls around. This yeah. is great. Is it Tyler? Probably wasn't Tyler. Anyway. It may have been Tyler. Anyways, so the point is, you, you see all these ads, and I'm always like, eh, that doesn't, that doesn't seem very good. But I did get an email from uh, Yang2020, and they always open their emails with, they either do like the personalized, like, hey, Dave, which I don't like as much, but sometimes they just say, listen, Yang gang, and I do sort of love that. Uh, here's the latest promotion. If you chip in to like cover his his costs or whatever, uh, he will sit down and watch Star Wars with you. Like he'll fly you out. You and a pal and Andrew Yang watch the new Star Wars movie like on opening night. And I was like, that that's tempting, Andrew Yang. I feel like you're a man who understands your demographic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty well. He he, man, I. I know that he is running for president. It seems like he's just kind of running for, hey, man, maybe people in their 20s and 30s will like me. Like, that, if, yeah. I, I, I don't know how he's planning on having that translate to anything other than what it already is. It's like, hey, I've got a Super Nintendo and I'll go see Star Wars with you. It's like he's running for cool uncle. It does seem like that. Uh, you know, I think if you actually asked me, I think in his heart of hearts, I think what he's actually doing is like a giant publicity campaign for universal basic income. But campaign for fun, uncle, does sound a lot better. Uh, <laughs> what, Matt? What, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is that um, I... Okay, you know I have my teapot alarm clock. Oh, Yeah. Have yeah, I, I, have I, I've talked about that on the show, right? You have. More than once, I would say. Okay, just wanted to make sure I did not have to explain. It's Basically, it's like a 
an alarm clock that is also like a hot pot that drops the hot water into like a reservoir. Yeah, no, no, so no, no. Thank you for it. After having said that you do not need to explain going on and then very definitely uh, just explaining. Dave, hey, you know, you never know when it's somebody's first episode. If this is your first episode, go back and listen to some other ones. I mean, this is going to be a good time. I like this week, but you're kind of you're going to miss a little bit of context. Yeah, um, particularly what this what this, what this teapot, teapot alarm is. clock is. Yeah, so I I've I've recently switched up which mug I use in the morning because I got a I got a new mug in the mail uh, as a gift for supporting public radio. You know, because I'm I mean, you've met me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I've been using this mug, and it's this. It's it's it is an enormous mug. It is the size of the sort of mugs that you used to get in like coffee shops in the nineties. So if Mike Myers got this mug, he would say like, "Wait a minute, I ordered the large, right? That is that." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, man. Nothing. Okay, guys, I'm sorry, because if you, depending on your age, you might be too young for this. I'm not a dude who engages in a lot of, like, things were better when I was, like, X number of years old. Yeah. Uh, a lot. That's just not my That's not my vibe. I try to be very realistic that, in fact, m- many things and most of the things that impact my life are, in fact, a lot better now than they used to be. But coffee shops are not nearly as good as they were in the 90s. No. And, and that I is a stone-cold fact. I think overall the coffee is better now. Oh, yeah, the coffee itself is almost definitely better. But the shops are almost universally worse. Oh, my gosh. God, just coffee shops were so great. And listen, I still like coffee shops, and I go to them, but they're not as good. No, no, they're, they're just absolutely not. They're, I, I never, I so rarely go into a coffee shop now and think, ah, this is a place I want to be for a while. Unless it is a rare coffee shop that is still there from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, man. Do you I don't even, I don't even really know. Yeah, there was one that was like in an old greenhouse. Um, there would, You would go to places and there'd be like an open mic, but it wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, oh uh, yeah, it was one of the few things. It was like very definitively better in the 90s. It'll probably never be that good again. And like, I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. And, and, and every time you would go in, they would give you an enormous ceramic mug. It was huge. This thing had to be like half a liter. It was madness. Yeah. Remember, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of like the big like like bathtub sized mugs from uh, the coffee clatch. Yeah. No, yeah. I know the ones you're talking. Again, if you've ever seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, it's the, it's the coffee shop scene. Yeah. Uh, so... This mug is not shaped like that. It's shaped like a regular mug, but it's about time and a half the size of a regular mug. And so okay. I'm really excited about this, right? Because now I get to have, you know, have a little extra tea in the morning. Um, but the problem is that I, my, my, my 21st century body has gotten weak. Like it's forgotten the, the volume that I knew in my youth. Uh, <laughs> to be able to like drink that much uh, tea in a sitting. And so I get about two-thirds of the way through it, and I'm like, yeah, still got some tea left. And then as I'm finishing it, I realize that I'm starting to like resent the tea that I'm drinking, but like I'm not going to pour it out because that's crazy. And also I'm still in bed, so there's nowhere to really do that. Right. And it's just like the last two or three sips, 
I realize are like growing bitter in my mouth just because I want to stop drinking because it's too much. But I'm not going to let myself. And I keep, it's been like two weeks. And I keep waiting to get used to those final like six ounces. And it hasn't happened yet. And I am beginning to despair that it never will. Dude, uh, that is, yeah, like the petty annoyance. Sorry, man, I am trying to talk to you, but I'm also watching the opening scene of So I Married an Axe Murder. This coffee mug is, it is legit the size of a soup bowl. <laughs> uh, I'm, and also, I got to turn it off. I'm like drowning in nostalgia watching it. Because uh, the se- the opening song for that movie is There She Goes Again. By the Laws? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, wow, gosh, how good. How good is that? This made me feel real great, also very bad, in a way I can't quite define. So the petty annoyance of, like, things being just, like, marginally the wrong size. Right, because if it's... And listen, I know that I'm going to get grief about this because I have been complaining about it for over a decade. But I remember we used to go to the Eaton Park near college for our, like, late-night study sessions and just, like, drink endless cups of coffee while we, like, studied Russian history. And at some point... I, like, never did that stuff with you guys. Well, you didn't study Russian history. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, like basically all of our friend group were, like, poli-sci majors, like, poli-sci and history majors. So you guys were all in the same classes. And I was the only one who was an English major. So I just didn't, like, I just wasn't part of that thing. Anyways, yes. And at some point, they just changed the size of the coffee mugs at the Eaton Park so that they were not, they were, like, 25% smaller. Like, noticeably smaller, but not, like, comically small. And I was just furious with it for, like, a full year until for eventually... For a decade, they, apparently. Well, uh, yeah. But eventually they they went back to the old mugs because... They knew that I was right all along, and they were, and they eventually had to capitulate to my complaints that I never actually voiced to them. I only You're ever like made my friends complaint. listen to it. Yeah, no. So like, I've got a tea mug that I because I drink a lot of tea at work, and the easiest way to get hot water for my tea is to use the Keurig that somebody has brought in, and you have to take the Keurig pods out, um, which always bums me out because Keurig pods are a an ecological nightmare, and b make very bad coffee. True, but they do. They're a great hot water heater. But the problem is, is the Keurig only has three, like, mug sizes, and the large one is not large enough for, like, the size of my mug. And so what I have to do is I have to get, like, I have to hit a medium and then dump out, like, a little bit of it, (laughs) and then I have to put in a, a little one, and then, like, a medium minus a bit plus a small equals, like, one of Dave's tea mugs. And it just like every time I have to do it, I'm like vaguely annoyed that it's just like the because I feel like my mug is a very standard size mug, and it just annoys me that there's not like a a setting for it. Man, I get it, dude. You know that I get it. Uh, anyway, what is our uh, fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is a st- it's it's a commute update. Ooh. <laughs> Commute update. A 
Okay, I mean, sort of. Like, not. Yeah, it was. I was driving. I mean, you uh, don't have a commute. So. I don't have. I mean, I do have. Like, I don't live at work. I do technically have one. It's just very short. So I saw a license plate, Matt. And here's what the license plate said. It just said Bob K Jen, G E N, not Jen. Oh, G E N. Yeah, Bob K Jen. Okay. And I don't know what that means. Maybe Bob is from New Orleans. Man, I have no idea what the. I don't. You lost me completely. Bob Cajun? Ah, that would have been. That could be. I don't think so. Here's my hope. And I didn't speculate beyond this. I'm really. I'm choosing to read that as just Bob. Period. One thousand generations. <laughs> and I don't know what a Bob a thousand generations means. I haven't speculated that far, but uh, but I am pretty stoked about it. Well, Dave, here's the here's a couple of things you need to know about uh, Bob. Uh, Bob was born in the Highlands of Scotland over five hundred years ago. He is immortal. Uh, in the end, uh, he can only die if you remove his head. Uh, and take with it his quickening. And in the end, there can be only one. Dude. And that one we... is Bob. <laughs> oh my gosh. The first Highlander movie was so great. And then the TV show was very good. And it has just been like an eternal disappointment to me that there has not... That like, I feel like that property was never fully developed. Because like, what a brilliant concept. Oh, it's so good. I it's mean, so good. I tell you, the show holds up. I have what I, I think we've talked about this on this yeah, program we did. before. How I genuinely thought about, like, can I do another Watch Something and Talk About It podcast about uh, the Highlander? The I, I don't think I actually can because it would drive me insane. And also, the things that make the Highlander, like, great and weird are not the sort of things that are easy to joke about. But dudes, Highlander rules. <laughs> and I guess also does Bob Kajem. <laughs> so anyways, Matt, he could... It could be him. Anyways, Matt, that's what I've got. Right on. Well, on that note, Dave, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we are going to talk about episode 37 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Dreadful Universal Highway Project. Its original air date, November 8th, 1996, written by Yoshio Urasawa. If you would like to watch it with us, you can either do that with the DVDs or on ShoutFactory.tv. I recommend you do. This one is a real treat. All right, welcome back. So, episode 37 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger, Dave. Things are moving forward. Yeah, they are. And actually, I hadn't noticed this before. I was, uh, just as I was like opening up the episode earlier to, to watch it, uh, this is a pretty short season. Yeah, I mean, they're all roughly the same length with it. Well, yeah, but like, you know, they sort of vary sometimes by like a week or two. Uh, and this is not, like, this is not one of the long ones. This one is. I think it's I think it's like forty nine episodes or something. Yeah, as opposed to Jetman, which I think was like fifty three or something. Yes, yeah, Jetman actually went slightly long. Um, so, anyways, we are in we are in Pegasus Motors, and uh, Dapu is doing some maintenance on uh, RV Robo. He's like, "This is great, maintenance is done. I just gotta fix the engine." And I really like, I like. I know obviously it's a car thing, but I, I am super into the idea of a giant robot that just runs on, on like a massive internal combustion engine. 
Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just sort of like whatever unnamed power source Gundams usually operate on. Yeah, I mean, it it does run on car magic, but I think car magic fuels the engine. Yes. Like an actual engine. Sorry, speaking of Gundams, very briefly, I don't think I mentioned this to you. I was in class the other day. I've got one class that's got some D&D kids in it, which is great. Because they sort of found out that I was a D&D guy. And so we talked D&D here and there. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the kids, I just sort of overheard it. And he uttered the phrase, Gundams and Dragons? Oh. Yeah. And I was just immediately entranced. And I was like, did you just say Gundams and Dragons? And he said, yeah. And I said, do we have anything on this besides you uttering the phrase Gundams and Dragons? And he's like, no, but it would be cool though, right? I was like, yes, it would be very cool. Yes. Well, I can't take on the wrong. concept, right? I can't take on the idea of writing another game, but the concept, Gundams and Dragons, that's uh, that's just out in the universe now. Anyways, anyway, I I, I do really like because their secret base is a, a garage, and not just the regular garage, but they have like another secret garage behind it, like a super garage. Yeah, there's and it's like and it's nice. I'm that sure Wayne Manor has a garage, and right. then there's the Bat Cave underneath it. It makes sense. Yeah, but I really like that they are using it as a garage. Like, it's the super garage for their super stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So, I... Also, real quick, Dapu says, I need to do maintenance on the engine of RV Robo. RV Robo is five vehicles that fuse together. So, is is there, like, an engine in the heart of one of them that runs the whole thing? Or is there one engine that is itself, like, a combined monstrosity from the engines of the other, like, the five uh, constituent parts. Well, I think it would have to be the second one. Like, if you've seen the new Voltron, have you seen any of the new Voltron show, Matt? Uh, I saw, like, the first season, I think. Anyways, it's, and, like, the the making Voltron scene for that is real good. Like, they get into a lot of detail about, like, parts sliding around and, and like, locking into each other and stuff. And I mean, if there's one engine... For RV Robo, I think that's what it's got to be. Maybe there's like a central part, but then like when they combine, there's some stuff from all of them that gets like socketed in via the arm and leg joints, and then that's the, the single engine. So like you can only service RV Robo's engine if it is in RV Robo form. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So Dabu's like, this is great. And then he's looking around and he's like, huh, this is a- this is weird. Something's wrong. Like, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something... Oh, my gosh. And it's that Pegasus Thunder is gone. Pegasus Thunder, the, the red convertible, like, sentient space car, uh, is gone. Yeah, and he runs out, and he's like, Guys, guys, where's Kyosuke? Pegasus Thunder is missing. And Naoki and Natsumi are just, like, sitting up on top of the roof of Pegasus Motors reading a magazine about how cool the car rangers are. And they're like, listen, uh, it does not matter. Oh, I think he... Oh, right. He and Yoko are out shopping. Uh, but don't worry about them. Instead, listen to how cool we are in this article. Yeah, and he's like, guys, that... Okay, look at... You can't take... You can't do that. And then we shop, uh, jump over, and we see Kyosuke, and he's shout, out shopping with Yuko... And they're in, like, they are henchmen. Like, they are I was, in Car Ranger form. I was going to say, we don't see Kyosuke out getting some groceries. Sorry, we Red see... Red Racer. And Pink Racer out buying groceries. And they're out henchmen, 
because they wanted to take Pegasus Thunder. They're like, this is so convenient because Pegasus Thunder can fly. So, like, of course, they have to be henchened because they're about to hop into a flying car, which they do. They're like, you get to skip all the traffic. Pegasus Thunder just flies. This is amazing. I mean, and the thing is, like, I don't blame them. And even Dapu's like, listen, I understand that that's extremely convenient. But, guys, please take this seriously. Like, you can't do that. He's like, you guys are acting way too cocky. This is not good. And they're like, well, um... Okay, like, we hear what you're saying, Dapu, but we do always win. Right, we always win. Like we, we are ha- on a we are on a thirty four episode, thirty seven episode winning streak here. Well, mostly. We'll we'll mostly. discuss the, yeah, the numbers we actually, in a we'll minute. Talk these numbers in a sec. They're like we always win. We've got good reason to be cocky, right? And not only that, but we have both giant robots now, and Signal Man is back, and he's got Sirender. Like. What are the Bozo going to throw at us that's actually going to beat us? Like, I, I understand that you might think we're being cocky, but, like, straight up, those guys are clowns. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they're not wrong, is the thing. Uh, and Doc was like, listen, you can't rely on Signal Man. You can't rely on these giant robots. Like, you have to be, like, you've got to be able to do this yourselves. Like, this is, guys, like, he doesn't say it. But you do get the vibe like, hey, my men and ladies, my whole planet was destroyed. Everyone I know is dead because, like, we didn't... Except for you idiots. Except for you clowns. You need to take this seriously. The the Bozok are trying to destroy your entire planet. Like, you cannot sleep on that sort of threat. Um... And then he sort of, like, gets... He sort of starts thinking to himself. He's like, man, I just need to, like, bring them down a peg. Like, for their own good, right? So that they stay vigilant. Uh, we go from there, and we see President Dynamo. Oh, and by the way, actually... when when they talk about how they always win, we do get this brief montage of them just destroying a bunch of monsters. <laughs> it's very good, and this um, this resolves into uh, up in Barbarian, where President Dynamo is reading the same article from Space Magazine about how the Bozo lose every week, and the Power Rangers are so cool. And he's like, man, this is, guys, <laughs> guys, it's not looking good for us. Uh, we are on a terrible losing streak. And Inspector Grotch comes over and actually has, like, a scorecard. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, man, we are, like, 1-34-2. and 34 and two. So, so this is very bad. Like, everybody's depressed. Zonette, she's like, man... Maybe I ought to, like, straighten my act up. Right. And, like, like this cl- these these jokers clearly aren't, like, going anywhere. I, I'm a princess. Maybe I should just, like, go home and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Gynamo daydreams about opening up a food stand on Saturn. And you see... And it's, like, the weirdest thing. Because it's very definitely, like, a classic sort of uh, Japanese-style ramen stand. It's just, like, in the desolate wastes of Saturn, and there's nothing else there. Well, Dave, if you recall, this is no, the I second do. time we've seen this set. Listen, man, I was gonna say, if you build, like, a uh, ramen stand in the middle of space as a set, like, you don't... You don't get rid of that one after one right. shot. Like, you've got to use that more than once. And the thing is that in this fantasy of him just, like, running a food stand on Saturn, Gynamo seems really happy. He does. He seems... 
You know when the last time I think we saw Gynamo this happy was? It's when he and Zanette were down on Earth and he was just like working in a pachinko parlor. Right, like he he does not want to admit it, but he craves a simple life. Yeah, he is he's just I think like listen, though like the Bozo were great and he's like glad that he did it. But at this point I think he's just sort of like growing out of being a Bozo. Right. But, like, Zanette is still into it, and he's very into Zanette. So, like, he's really just... Like, if he could get Zanette to leave, I don't think he would come back. Right. And then Zanette has this little, like, dream sequence of, like, I'm just gonna go home and be a farmer. And you see her, like, working in a field, and she, like, falls over and gets dirty and comes out of her dream sequence like, no, actually, that would be terrible. I'm never doing manual labor in my life. Yeah. I do. This is some of the best acting we've seen from from this actress, where she's just she evinces such total horror at the concept of getting her hands dirty with manual labor. She's like, "Nah, man." And suddenly, there's a voice that calls out to them, and a light flashing outside of the BB saloon. Yeah, when sorry, when you say a light, you mean. An incandescence like unto the sun. Like, it is, it is, it is blinding. Uh, President Gynamo looks out and he's like, what is going on? And what it is, it, it's the guy. It's the giant golden space phantom guy. That we have been seeing for the last few episodes. Yeah. And he's like, listen, Bozoak. Basically, like... I like your vibe, but nobody respects a loser gang. Like, you guys keep losing. Like, this is, like, nobody's, you can't keep doing this. Right, and, and like, right now, you're not in the right headspace. You need to, like, regain your biker spirit. Yeah, and they're like, well, who are you? And he says, I am Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust, the ruler of the universe, and you need to regain your evil confidence. Dave, I'm sorry. He's the ruler of all evil in the universe, not the oh, ruler I'm sorry. of the universe. Okay. Thank, thank you. I missed that. Um, and he's like, listen, you guys are idiots. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They're all idiots. That's That was my, what my notes say. Like, they're all just big dummies. They're not quite sure. Oh, yeah. Like, like, he listen. says, I'm the ruler. And they're like, what is a ruler? Do you mean, oh, like, yeah. to measure things with? It's like, guys, I've come you, you can't possibly be that dumb. Um, and he's like, listen, here's the deal, though. He's like, I know you guys lost, but you didn't lose for nothing. It actually is okay. This is going to work out for you because the car rangers are humans. And humans are very easily, after 34 straight victories, lured into a false sense of security. They're going to get cocky. And that's when you're going to strike. And they're like, okay, well, here's the, like, I get what you're saying, but like, what are we actually going to do? Like, they still beat us up every time. Even if they're overconfident, they're overconfident because we can't beat them. And Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust summons a giant issue of Space Magazine. Of which, apparently, he is the publisher. Yeah, he says, I I published this thing all over space. Here's the deal. This one comes with a model robot inside of it, and that model robot will... Def- it's a giant magazine, but it's gigantic. I right. mean, it's like the size of multiple city blocks. And he says, it comes with a model. You will construct that model. It will defeat RV Robo. 
My notes just say now all in caps, what is happening? Inventor Grotch like teleports in outer space and like it's it's a giant papercraft. It's a it's a 15 story tall papercraft model robot. And he like and cuts he's out like, all the pieces and he puts right, like in like, a tab oh, gotta, A and slot B. Right, he's like, I gotta glue it. And then he, <laughs> he finally, so he finally puts this whole thing together. And it's really great because he like, Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust is like looming over the whole thing, right? But like, that is a guy in a costume. He's not actually the size of like a planet. And so to have... Grotch, like, in the foreground while he's in the background, instead of doing, like, a camera thing or a forced perspective or, like, a like a green screen, what they have instead done was basically taken an action figure of Inspector Grotch, hung it on, like, a piece of fishing line, and just bounced it around on top of this model that's being made as though he's, like, flying around. It's really wonderful. Uh... <laughs> So, so he finishes this thing up, and then he's he fin he's almost and he's like he's got this one giant pin left over, like one of those like splitty bracket pins, like you push it in, there's like two tabs, and you fold them down. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Huh, wonder what this part's for." I'll figure eh, it out later. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this giant robot is called Nosheron Twelve. And uh, and he's they're gonna send it to Earth to defeat. Oh, sorry, Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust. Here's his plan. Here's why he wants to destroy Earth. He says, "I basically am trying to build a gigantic intergalactic, like Mad Max Autobahn." Right, like there is no speed limit and no rules, and everyone is going to drive fast and recklessly and get into as many accidents as they want. Like, it's going to be amazing, but Earth is in the way. Right, it's basically, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's He wants to build a highway, the Earth is in the way, so he needs to have the Earth destroyed, and he's going to use the, uh, the Bozok to do it for him. Yeah. So, they just, like, Zelmoda hops in, he pilots Nosheron 12 to Earth, and uh, and then we flip down and we see Signal Man, he's at Koban base, and he's just cleaning up. He's like, things are pretty chill today. No worries, just cleaning up. Uh, Nosheron 12 appears. It's a very good entrance. Very powerful. He's a cool robot. He's like a big blue humanoid robot with like giant horns and like like spiky elbow pads. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's got a he's got good energy, man. I dig him. He's like he looks a little generic, but he does genuinely looks like something you can build from a kit. So I think it kind of works. I know I dug the design. So uh, we go from there to Dapu, and he's sort of like he's still puzzling his way around this problem. He's like, how am I going to get the Rangers to? You know, he's like, I don't want the Bozo to appear, obviously, but like I sort of do, so we can kind of get them back on their feet because like they're going to show up eventually. What do I do? But then of course uh, the Bozo do do appear. And he's about to be like, Rangers, you gotta... And they're already henching. Like, they're already on it. Like, they run out the door. They're like, basically like, keep dinner warm. We'll be back in 10. And out the door they go. Right. So, like, they're getting out there. By this point, uh, Signal Man has called Cyrender. Cyrender has stood up. And he is starting to fight um, Norishion 12. And... 
it's going super well for him because, you know, he's a giant robot and this guy's a bozoke and everything's cool until he's about to, like, do some sort of, like, you know, great... Oh, he's about to get him with his, uh, like, handcuff chain thing. Yes. When all of a sudden, Zelmoda grabs a control on the dashboard and says, like, accelerate, and this robot has super speed. Yeah. Oh, uh, Exhaust is, like, shouting advice, and then President Guinan was like, hey, I give the advice around here, and then he's just, like, repeating the advice that, that Reckless Dan Shepard Exhaust is giving him. But, uh, yeah, Noshiron 12 has, like, a shadow glide mode, basically. And he could just sort of, like... So he does. He just, like, bloops out of the way, and then, um... He grabs the chain. It's, dude, it's real good. And then, like, uses it it's to a, it's wrap a real up Render. It's very good. It's, it's always nice when Zomoda gets a moment of competence. Yeah. Uh, so... Remember that time that Zeltmoda broke through the speed barrier to summon, like, like an ancient power on a, yeah, like, a magical motorcycle? Yeah, it was great. That was so good. Yeah, I hate Zeltmoda's... I really wish Zeltmoda did not look as horrifying as he looks. I really hate how Zeltmoda looks. Uh, well, but then, as a character, I, I dig Zeltmoda. Then never watch uh, Power Rangers Turbo, because they make him look worse. Wow. Well, what huh? they do, they try to make him look less scary. Because, like, the Zelmoda has a weird look, but he does have a creep, like, a, an effectively creepy look. And I think they decided it was too creepy and not goofy enough for Power Rangers. So they 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 took his face and just made him a little dopier. And it, like, it, it does look dopier, and it just looks really upsetting. Mm. So... It's like it's a little bit hectic, but basically, like he does this shadow glide thing, and then VRV Robo appears, and they're like, "Cool, like time to die now." Uh, and Zelmoda starts to be angry, but then Adventure, uh, oh sorry, that Exhaust is like, "No, no, 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 no!" Like let them be, like let them think they're about to win, and then, like again, when they're overconfident, like that's when you'll strike. So. Uh, Grotch shows up with, like, the missing pin, and he's like, hey, guys! And everyone's like, shut up, Grotch, we're in the middle of something cool, you weird, dumb nerd. You're you're um, a weird potato man, and your costume is covered with portholes. Stay over there. Yeah, so Zelmoda kind of has to sandbag it a little bit, uh, which he's annoyed by, but VRV is winning. And Tapu, again, he's like, dude, he's like, on one hand, I am glad that the Rangers are winning, but, like, this is just going to reinforce for them that... That they don't need to take this seriously. That they could just sort of, like, stroll in and ruin these fools. Right. So, VRV Robo is like, all right, now it is time. Victory Twister. Summon the guns. Shoot this man to death. And they do that, except that, like, after they pull the trigger, but before the dude gets hit, he hits his Shadow Glide mode and accelerates out of the way and just disappears. And they're looking around like, wait, where did he go? Actually, you know what? We've got this. This is not a huge deal. We have this, like, GPS unit that can track anything. We got it a bunch of episodes ago because we're such good heroes. They plug it in. Like, ah, he's right behind us. Okay, let's turn around and finish this. Yeah. Oh, Matt didn't mention it. They used the um, Navicom, the computer thing. Yeah, that's the, like, the, they're the like, GPS thing they built. Yeah, they're like shoot invisible. They're magic shoot invisible stuff uh, gun. So... 
they like flip around, victory twister again, and then Zamoto's like, gotcha, nerds. And he pulls sight. <laughs> this is great. The answer is, where do you hide a giant robot? Behind a whole building. He right. just like reaches behind a skyscraper and pulls Sai Render in front of him and uses him as a, well, not a human shield, I guess, but a Sai Render shield, a giant robot shield. Yeah. And the Rangers are just like, oh no! This and was they, a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, and then, this is amazing. Uh, no Shore on 12 like, holds out his hand and there's like a bolt of lightning that like flies out of his hand and resolves itself into like a giant axe. Yes. He hit like, uh, and this dude essentially has his own like special weapon and finishing move. Yeah, it's the reckless dash slash. It's awesome. Yeah, and he just cuts the heck out of the dude. He like he knocks VRVs. He like cuz uh, VRV Robo had summoned the Victory Twister guns and like those just fall off the arms and VRV Robo just goes down and is like on the ground next to Sirender and Zelmoda is just looming over them with this giant axe about to destroy them. And he like he rears the axe up and he's like, "Yes, now it's going to happen." And the Rangers are like, "No." Now it's going to happen. Like and this Dapu is it. Is watching, but he can't do anything. And all like everyone is watching, and everyone is so excited. And Grotch is still standing there with that pin, and no one is paying attention to him. But they really should have, because yes, that pin very was very important. Have. Yeah, because Notion Twelve goes to drop the axe, or I mean, hit him with the axe, and uh, and his arm just stops. He can't finish the swing, and then he stands up and kind of like jiggles the handle a little bit, and then his arm just falls off. Right, and Grotch is like, just like, oh, that's where this was supposed to go. This was supposed to hold the arm on. Oh man! Uh, And then so the Rangers take this opportunity to get back in it, and Zomoto's just like, well, that's my cue, and he just grabs his arm and blasts off back to space. Um, Sirender was putting up a good front; like he looked like he was doing okay. Uh, for that blast, but he's not. Like, as soon as Nosharon 12 is gone, Sirender basically collapses. Uh, exhaust, we're back in Barbarian. Uh, Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust does not have time or the inclination to forgive failures and just, like, force lightnings Grotch a whole bunch. I straight up thought he was about to kill Grotch. I thought that I this did. was going to be like, oh, this is how you know he's the new bad guy, is he's just going to start murdering underlings. Yeah, I was a little bummed out that he didn't just kill Grotch, but he doesn't. And then, uh, then we go to the base, and the range is like, listen, Dapu, we are, we're really sorry. We were overconfident. Like, we almost lost that one. You're right. Like, we will not do this anymore. Right. And Dapu says, listen, that's great. But actually, this was not a total bust. Because when Zelmoda came down, I saw the logo that was on Norishiran 12. And I recognized the logo. It is the logo of the, what is it? The Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust. And he is like this great evil in the universe. In the same way that you are powered by like the Car Magic Star Legend, he is powered by an evil star legend. He is like the evil counterpart to you. And this is like the great evil that I was sensing before. So now we know he's here and we can like plan for it. So this is actually like, we made it through. Like you guys were... You did make a very bad mistake, but it has worked out for right. us. Right, like we made it through today, so everything is okay. Like, we're going to get yeah. through this. So, he's talking to Kyosuke and Yuko, and he's like, actually, where are where are the other three? 
And they're like, oh, well, they were so, like, they took your words to heart. They were so, in, they took Lightning Dragon out for patrol. And he's like, what? That's great, guys. And then they roll back in. They're like, we finished patrol and we got juice. And then Dabu's like, you stopped to get juice? And they're like, we were done with patrol. Like, we were really thirsty. And then he just starts chasing them around. Because he's like, you don't understand this at all. Um and then, and then that's the end of the episode. It's good, man. This is a good episode. You know what I really like about it that I, I think I forgot to mention? Um, is that... Okay, so we know that... We now know that Space Magazine is published by the Emperor... The Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust, right? Yeah. But that's the magazine that the Car Rangers were reading in the beginning. And that was the magazine that was telling them how cool they are and how, like, handsome and, like, stylish and powerful they are and, like, talking about how their, like, win-loss record is so good. So this isn't just a plan that, like, Reckless Damp- Dash Emperor Exhaust came up with today. Like, he has been putting out, like, propaganda in this space tabloid, apparently, for months, trying to, like, get them to become overconfident so he could strike. Yeah, it's... It's genuinely clever. Because we've seen yeah, this magazine like, before a few times. Uh-huh. Um, it is. Like, it is remarkably... Like, it was remarkably forward-thinking. Um, it's actually one of the best sort of, like, long plays I think we've seen in, in any series of Sentai. Right, like, which I was not... big I, reveal. I was not expecting in Car Ranger, because, you know, like, I like Car Ranger a lot, but Car Ranger's a goof, right? Like... It's not the show that you anticipate getting some sort of, like, weird, long con, like, propaganda campaign in the middle of. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's a real delight. I think mostly just because they didn't ex- expect it. Uh, and it is a, and it's a really cool thing. So, I am, I'm very excited to see where Car Rangers go. We're actually sort of rapidly approaching the end here. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got, what, like, 10, 12 episodes left of this thing? Yeah. Um, anyway, but there's no, there was no Monster of the Week this week, so there is nothing to put on the Creature Royale, which is fine, because we've actually sort of been going a little long this week anyway. Um, just about hitting the hour mark, I think. So that works for me. Dave, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, Matt, no, I don't. It's been a pleasure talking with you about this very good episode of Sentai. As always. Um, next week is Christmas. We will try to get an episode out. I'm going to be off of work, so I'm going to have a bunch of free time. But we're also going to have people in town. So, you know, uh, watch watch your podcatcher of choice. See if we're going to be in there. Uh, and if not, we will catch you in the new year. Uh, and with that, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Range. Before we finish up, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, or if you'd like to check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. Dave, if the good people would like to get a hold of you to get in on the playtest for Ghost Sentai Heroes, the tabletop role-playing game that you have written, how would they go about doing that? Uh, it is just at GhostSentaiHeroes at gmail.com. Uh, no punctuation or anything. And uh, I will get back to you as soon as I can. I do. Uh, somebody emailed me like two weeks ago and they just emailed me again about getting in on it. I'm terribly sorry. I'm going to email it to you right after this. Uh, I just, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, right on. 
If you like this show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you'd like to rate and review us on there, that's that's your that's your choice. You can do that. I'd support it, honestly. Uh, Dave, how do you feel about it? Uh, I'm very much in favor. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So if you would like to do that, you have our support. Otherwise, have a have an excellent day. <laughs> the Super Sentai Brothers are a podcast, uh, a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Uh, if you would like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all on retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Cut.